You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and welcome to tonight's Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. Thanks so much for joining me and tonight's guests who include Girl Power in the form of Beej and Trina who have started a new company called Well Nice Pops. Nevin Maguire is going to be on the phone to tell us about being guest editor of the October issue of Easy Food magazine. Michelin star chef JP McMahon tells me about Food on the Edge which is on next week in Galway City. I visit the Dingle Food Festival and chat to festival chair Mark Murphy, Blossom Aaron founder Artie Clifford and Melanie Hardy of Hardy Pepper Jellies. And Sinead Hennessy from Fulcher Ireland has news of other events taking place this month. If you want to get in touch with me, feel free to drop me an email s.noonanlive.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation. So without further delay, let's welcome tonight's first guests into the studio. Two inspirational friends from West Limerick, Beej and Treen, who earlier this year started their own business making healthy ice pops. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Welcome to the studio. Thanks a million for coming in. I have to ask you now, Ireland's first 100% vegetable and fruit juice ice pop company. It's pretty novel, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I suppose we are, as you mentioned there, we're the first in the country to be doing it. Um, Some people think maybe we're a bit nuts, but um, no, the feedback we've been getting all summer is fantastic. So we're really excited about it. Now, you have a combination of skills between you. One of you is an engineer. Yeah, I'm well. I did engineering in school, yeah, mechanical engineering. So Trains the engineer, and BJ, you are the health coach. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I just qualified um, for my health coaching course in February, and the year before that, I had been involved in a nutrition course. So, very interested in healthy eating and all that. You've been friends for a long time. Tell me how you met, Trine. Um, well, we, we, we both worked together in Dolan's inside in Limerick and the Dock Road many, many years ago. Well, I was about back in 2000 early 2000 anyway so we uh, yeah we worked together back in early 2000 and we just stayed friends um, yeah and then when Beach came up with this idea in January um, I had finished work I was over in England for the last six years and Beach just finished college and she came up with the idea of a healthy ice pops of vegetable juice and I thought it was a genius idea so s- such a simple idea and uh, we said we'd give it a go so how long ago was that there was only in January we started only talking January, about it. Only in January, started talking about it in January mm-hmm. and at the end of May, the pop shack was born <laughs> and went off on its maiden voyage. Describe the pop shack to the listeners. Uh, the pop shack is um, our little unit that we sell out of at festivals. So, um, I mean, we didn't need a, a full catering unit and uh, we were looking around for something and we had it in our, our heads that uh, we could just put a uh, put a shed onto a trailer and uh, paint it up and sell out of that. So that's that's what we did. So it has this little grass roof and everything. So, and all you needed is a freezer, really, a to freezer. store everything. Just a freezer in it because yeah. they are frozen. They are ice pops, and you have four different flavors there. Tell me about the four different flavors. Yeah, sure. So what we wanted to do, I suppose, was that we wanted to try and come up with four different colors to begin with. So the flavors kind of came from that. Um, my personal favorite is the one called Frostbeet. So it is beetroot, sweet potato, apple and grape. Um, we have all hail kale, which is our green pop, um, kale, spinach, cucumber, and again, a little bit of apple and grape. We do a lemon sucker. You have to have a lemon sucker and it really lives up to its name. So we've got lemon, pineapple and yellow pepper in that one. We always say that one's a little bit like Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. Um, And the last one then is um, two carat diamond, carat orange and ginger. 
all very healthy sounding. Absolutely. And there's a higher percentage of vegetables than fruit. And then the fruit is just there just to sweeten it. Um, and what we found kind of in the course of our research is that three out of the four of them are actually a high source of vitamin C. And the frost beet is high in zinc and folic acid. So that was a nice bonus. There's no additives, no extra sugar. It's it's just what you said is in each Absolutely. one. Absolutely. It's 100% juice. So we haven't added any water. There's no concentrates, no sugar, nothing like that. 100% juice. They're all juiced up then and they're put into a nice lolly mould? Yeah, they, they are, we use the same packaging as a Mr. Freeze. Uh, so it's a BPA-free um, plastic. Um, so we're literally hand-filling every one of them and heat-sealing them. So that's the idea. It's like a Mr. Freeze-style tube. Healthy Mr. Freeze. And you do this all at a facility in West Limerick? Yes, um, we've registered at the kitchen in, in my house out in Tournafulla, so... So we, we do all our juicing and we have a walk-in freezer there. So we're fully set up. So from January to now, which is October time, and you, you've you just completed the Super Value Board B a Food Academy programme. So, I mean, you're really fast-tracking. We're, we're, we're trying to get... We Obviously, we realise it can be a bit seasonal, being a nice pop. So, um, yeah, we kind of threw ourselves into it from... I mean, we started the company in April, so we've been full, full, full gung-ho at it since then. The, the advice we got from our old boss in Dolan's, Mick Dolan, was that he said, look, keep going, he said, until you hit a wall. And when you hit the wall, he said, go over it or go around it. And I think that's kind of what we've done so far. Well, you spent the summer going to the different festivals. That's where you, you've really targeted your market and the milk market in Limerick as well. You, you've been there on a Friday yeah. and a Sunday. You were at Electric Picnic. What was the feedback from people that tasted it or well, came upon you? It's, it's, been, it's, been, um, it's been a mixed bag, but um, generally people love the most of the festival goers, people um, people have kind of says well they've they've looked at us a bit funny first but then when they've tried them and realized how uh, how nice they are they've they've really uh, they've really bought into them and we generally we do get the same people coming back if it's a three-day festival they'll be back a couple of times because they want the bit of the nutrition into them to help them keep going with That's all it. the other debauchery that they're up to it's a great way of getting the the vitamins into you isn't it we find they're great for a hangover supposedly really <laughs> not that we know but yeah. <laughs> when you wake up in a tent and you're really warm and you've been drinking the night before they're really refreshing that's it where do you source all your ingredients from are you very particular about which the fruit and vegetables that you use in it and where they come from Yes, absolutely. Um, um, at the moment, we're getting them from a wholesaler in Limerick City. But ideally, our long-term plan is that we'd like to be able to buy them from local farmers here in West Limerick. Um, as you know, the Organic College is out the road there in Jim Cullhurst, so There's an awful lot of people that would have done horticulture courses there. So maybe they haven't gone down the road of getting the organic certification. It takes a bit of time, but they're all growing chemical-free in that. So definitely, we want to look into that a bit more, but we just need to have the health and safety uh, up to scratch on that as well. Um, so the only thing that we're not getting, I suppose, from Ireland at the moment are our pineapples. Okay, so. yeah, well, I think that's allowed. <laughs> that's probably allowed. It, the winter is coming and you, uh, you've said it is a very seasonal type of product. So what's the plan between now and the spring, say? We got on the Super Value programme, so we have it all to do to try and get that set up. We start in January, so it's probably a good time coming into next summer. In the meantime, um, we want to try and look into maybe getting into gyms and um, get into sports, GA and the rugby. I mean, I'm, we're very sure that they'd have an interest in it. So it's just a matter of getting in touch with the right people and hopefully some doors will open for us. 
Absolutely. Well, it sounds like a fabulous product. Wellnicepops.com is the web address and you're also on Facebook. So people can pop on there and get all the details about the products and how to get in touch with you if they wanted to maybe stock them, for example, or if they were a club and they wanted you to come along to a match and give them out then at halftime or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. We, We love answering emails, so feel free. Okay, great. Listen, girls, thanks so much for coming in and best of luck with it. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Thanks again to the two girls for coming into studio. And if you come across an unusual but innovative product that you feel should be featured here on the show, or in fact you might be the one producing such a product, I'd love to hear from you. So please do drop me an email with all the details to s.noonan at live.ie. Still to come tonight, Michelin star chef JP McMahon tells me about Food on the Edge, which is on next week in Galway. I visit the Dingle Food Festival and Chat to Festival chair Mark Murphy, Bloss Aaron founder Ardy Clifford and Melanie Hardy of Hardy Pepper Jellies. And Sinead Hennessy from Fulger Ireland has news of other events taking place this month. But before that, it's time to talk to Nevin Maguire, who really does not need any introduction. But he's going to tell us tonight all about the latest issue of Easy Food magazine as he's the guest editor for October. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Nevin, great to have you on the show this evening. Lovely to hear that lovely little warm oh, voice you're, again. You're so kind. Thanks. You are so kind. We missed you in Dingle this year, I have to say. No, you know, just because this time of year is very busy with recording at the minute and just the date and you see I had planned to take the weekend off but I had to record so unfortunately it wasn't to be but next year will be the top of my list because I love that festival and there's so many great people and they're just lovely the whole committee and the organisers isn't it a fabulous event it It, really is it really is and of course you were involved a couple of days before in Dublin because the producers champion this year was the minister and I think you presented the minister with his award because you were the champion last year yeah, I was very privileged to receive it last year. And I mean, like, I'm a big fan of Simon Coveney. I think he's a wonderful man. I've done a lot for the whole food, you know, the agriculture section in Ireland. And he just, he's on the farm. He knows about good food, good produce. And I think he's a very articulate man. I really, really like him. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting me handing over my award to him. So, uh, yeah, but I'm very proud to have received it. And you know what? I'll definitely be back down there next year, please, God. Well, I hope so now, and I hope I will see you there. But in the meantime, I'm going to see you in this new programme that you were talking about there that you're filming at the moment for RTE. Yeah, it's called Healthy Home Chef, and this will be uh, my seventh series. So that's in total nearly 105 programmes I'll have recorded now at the end of the month for RTE uh, over the years. Incredible. I feel so privileged. Uh, RTE has been exceptionally good to me, and it's with the same producer, David, here. So we always look for new ideas, new um, inspiration you know you've got to keep the programs fresh so this is all about healthy eating we recorded all the recipes my recipes my part of the cooking was done in airfield in dundrum which is a fabulous fabulous place what i loved about it was it's just so good for children for kids i bought my twins up there i said chickens there's cows see all the vegetables and herbs grow and it's just a fantastic event so it's um, all these recipes are kind of from the new book so we've had the likes of Sonia Sullivan. So, Sonia Sullivan has been on and she cooked a beautiful dish and she launched my cookbook, which is she's just a brilliant woman, so she is. And the book is called The Nation's Favourite Healthy Food. Yeah, this will be I believe, my twelfth book. And I suppose I'm absolutely delighted because when when I think of when I started cooking, I never ever thought that I'd have one book, Sharon. And to, to be honest with you, I am privileged and 
you have to keep it fresh, different. Gillen McMillan are wonderful publishers. They're very good. They listen to you. They work with you. And it's like a team effort. It's a, it's a collection of everyone's ideas for what we're going to put in the book. And then it comes down to the recipes. And all the recipes are very much based on kind of like health. Uh, not, not nutrition-based, to be honest with you. Like they're saintly snacks and there's kind of like low-fat um, low recipes and kind of wheat-free recipes and uh, dairy-free recipes. And there's lots of soups. There's lots for everyone to enjoy. And it's, it's going to do really well. I'm really, really happy with it, thankfully. It's only a year since you had your previous book, which was The Nation's Favourite Food Fast. The turnaround's very quickly. You must be under fierce pressure from one month well, to the next. I, I suppose that is a fair point, but it's about having a good team. And it's very well planned. It's very well structured. March is when we do the photography. February is when I write the book. I'll start now working on the next book, hopefully, <laughs> if Gillam and Willem will, will have me again. Um, next, I'll start working at the end of November, December. So we'll come up with the ideas and then you do the synopsis. You pick the recipes and then you do, the, sorry, you pick the, the menu titles or the recipe titles and then you have to do the recipes. And things can tweak and you need to test them. The most important thing, you know, Sharon, about doing the book is testing the recipes that they work. So I have four people who test them in my um, Pukwi School and Black Lion with myself. We have a wonderful photographer, Joanne Murphy. She's fabulous. And then, you know, Karen, who styles the food. So it's all about a good team. That's, that's honestly, that's what it's about. Not a one-man show. And this month, your guest editor of Easy Food magazine, as if you didn't have enough going on. <laughs> and will we see some of the recipes from the new yeah. book in Easy Food this month? You know, Easy Food is such a, it's such a beautiful magazine. And if you're a foodie, you know, it, it does extremely well and has gone from strength to strength and with a They've had lots of different guest editors, and when they asked me, I nearly bit their arm off. You know, I'm very privileged because I'm a fan of the magazine, I get it, and my wife follows some of the recipes in it, and it's a beautifully produced. So there'll be lots of recipes from my new book uh, in it. Uh, God, I think there's nearly at least, uh, you know, eight or ten recipes from the book. So there's lots of recipes for the winter coming up, like a nice pork goulash with a really interesting, it's like cauliflower rice. When you get cauliflower, you whiz it in the food processor for about a minute, and then you steam it, and it's actually really, really delicious, so it is. We also have a couple of little kind of like wintry salads, and lots of recipes that people will enjoy and that they'll be able to make, and we have, you know, nice little muffin recipes for the kids that they can maybe uh, get into bacon and, and do so. So they're all picked from the new book, which I'm absolutely delighted to am. Have you found that your style of cooking is all changing because of the twins? What age are the twins now? Twins are three and a half. It'll be four in February. And actually, there's a recipe in the Easy Food uh, month. And it's kind of like a, it's a chicken and, and uh, root vegetable and orzo soup. And it's one I make for them. I, I, I actually make it uh, most weeks for them. Orzo, you'd probably think it's very posh, very fancy. It's not. It's a pasta, but it's in the shape of rice. And what I do, I get chicken breasts and I poach them in it in some root vegetables just with some stock put the orzo in so that thickens that there's no flour and they love it so the two my mother-in-law who minds the twins three days a week while my wife and I are at work she uh, she loves it too so it's a, it's a dish that I've shown my wife and I'm actually giving her uh, private cookery lessons at home and my wife is so particular when she follows a recipe she follows it to the tea she loves cooking and she just needs a little bit more confidence you know she's a great little cook she you're under fierce pressure, of course, to have these children that will eat anything and everything that is healthy and nutritious. I was asked actually today about my own children and I said, look, they're a pure disaster. So they are. They used to be great because I remember at the Dingle Food Festival a couple of years ago, Hannah would have been eating away at kangaroo meat on a skewer, not a bother to her. And now she'll hardly look at a piece of meat. 
I think the change, you know, I mean, like, and I suppose as a parent, Sharon, we can beat ourselves up. I'm a chef, so I probably have cooked for them and I'm teaching them Melbourne now. And they've always had well, you know, they do eat sweets, but only in moderation. They don't have fizzy drinks, and that's for sure. That's one thing I don't have in the house. But I'm getting them into kind of like doing little juices for themselves. Obviously, we're with them preparing because they're like little sponges now. So they're watching me cook and mum cook and they want to get involved, which is fantastic. They take green things now. This is the thing that if I put spinach in something or flatly parsed in the soup, they take that out. And that's just the little phase they're going through. As long as they're eating the soup, the goodness is there. They're good little grubbers. They love their fish. They love their meat and stews and different things and braised meats. So they are very, very good. But like meat, it's sweet tooth. And it's just everything in moderation. And I think that's the secret into cooking for young young children. I think when they get to school, then they'll change again. They'll watch what other kids are having in their lunchbox. So that's, I think, an important stage to keep an eye out what they're eating and what they're, so that they're still enjoying their food and getting, getting their daily needs. Oh, it's amazing what my two will eat in somebody else's house and somebody else puts it down in front of them. <laughs> But I know I'm not alone in that struggle, so that's Ah, very reassuring. And and it's a question so many people ask me, you know, Sharon, it's difficult. Listen, I'm only a parent for the last uh, three and a half years. It's the best thing ever happened in my life. I cook professionally as a chef, but to cook for my twins and to cook for them, the greatest investment, the greatest gift I can give them is that they enjoy food and that they eat good food and that we don't buy processed food. But that's been honest with you. We cook everything from fresh, and that's really important. And I cook things in bulk that you can freeze. It's not fine dining. It's very simple food that I cook at home, to be honest with you. And you have a book specifically with children's meals in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm an ambassador for the first thousand days, so I learned an awful lot about nutrition for babies, for, for toddlers. And uh, I worked with nutritionists from that, from um, from uh, the first thousand days, the known team, and they really helped me and they vetted all the recipes in the books that they did. So that was really important. And you're going to be at Saver Kilkenny. Saver Kilkenny. This is my first time at it, to be honest with you. I've never been to this show before. And it's, um, Kilkenny has some of the best restaurants in the country. You know, they have two restaurants which have Michelin stars there, Le Campagna, the Lady Helen and Aunt Juliet. They have fabulous produce and I hear nothing but good about this food show. So I'm really looking forward to because we have our own taste of cab and you know yourself the taste of Donegal. So every kind of area now has their own food festival. Uh, I'll be there on the Saturday morning with Mary Kennedy. Mary Kennedy and me will cook together on Open House. You're far too young to remember that show, Aaron. <laughs> and uh, he's so. a dear friend to me. So we're going to uh, cook up a store. My brother Kenneth, who sets up uh, the cookery unit, so he does some slow gas. And you've met Kenneth. You I have, have yeah. He'll, yeah. he'll be there. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the weekend. It should be a great, it should be a great festival and of lot. I'm telling you, I got picked up one of their brochures. I've never seen a better produced brochure. There's serious thought and effort gone into it, and I can't wait to visit it. It is a great festival now. I have been myself. You will really enjoy it. But I, I can't believe you have never been before because I, know, never. I interviewed Brian McDermott, your good friend, the No Salt Chef there from Donegal last year about Taste of Donegal. And he said, of course, Nevin Maguire will be here because you cannot have a food festival without Nevin Maguire. Uh, Brian's a great friend of mine, you know, and delighted with his success. He's a great ambassador for food in Ireland. And, you know, he has his own story about the no salt, whereas I put salt in moderation, I have to say, and um, the seasoning. And, you know, Brian is a great, wonderful chef, great ambassador. But, you know, he's just a great demonstrator. and has his own cookery school, too. He's a really nice guy. We were working together at the Ploughing there two weeks ago. So, yeah, he's a busy man and has done really, really well. And I'm delighted for him and a good friend of mine, too. So. 
You're still out and about on the road as much as ever, really, Nevin. You'd said you were going to pull back a bit there and spend a bit more time from home, but it doesn't sound like you have well, have managed that. You're such like as the demand, like you're in such demand. Well, to be honest with you, it's actually, it, I, I, it's in good control, if you know what I mean. And it's, um, I always have usually Monday and Tuesday, or else I take Sunday lunch off and go into the restaurant Sunday evening. And uh, it's a lot better. If you were to ask me a year or two ago, I'd say, God, I'm struggling now. But no, the twins have definitely grounded me. I'm at home a lot more. You see, this is my busiest month, the end of September and October, where I'm recording. So the days can vary, depends who our guest chef is or whatever like that. And we just have to go with the flow. It's as simple as that. Uh, I do get two days off a week, and I spend that with my twins and my wife, and we have an absolute ball the four of us with it. Well, I do really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to talk to me this evening as guest editor of Easy Food magazine, which is out on the shelves now. And people should also look out for the nation's favourite healthy food, your new book also. Nevin, thanks so much. Anytime. Lovely to talk to you. Lovely to hear that lovely Donegal accent. Look after yourself, Sharon. Thanks. Thanks, Nevin. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to tonight's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And if you've just joined us, we heard earlier from Well Nice Pops in County Limerick who are making a range of refreshingly delicious ice pops. And just during the break there, I um, tried the lemon sucker, which is certainly refreshing, very tangy and tart, but very nice. And just before the break, I had a chat with Nevin Maguire about the October issue of Easy Food magazine. Never fear if you've missed some of the show, as it will be up on the Best Possible Taste podcast later in the week, along with all the previous shows. And you'll find the podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show. Now, still to come tonight, I visit the Dingle Food Festival and chat to Festival Chair Mark Murphy, Blossom Aaron founder Artie Clifford and Melanie Hardy of Hardy Pepper Jellies. And Sinead Hennessy from Fulcher, Ireland has news of other events taking place this month. Next, though, Michelin star chef JP McMahon is on the phone to tell us about a wonderful event he has masterminded called Food on the Edge. It's taking place in Galway next Monday and Tuesday, and JP joins us on the phone now. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. JP, it's great to have an opportunity to talk to you again about Food on the Edge. The last time we talked about it, it was still very much a work in progress, but it's on just in a matter of days now, so you're all set to go. There's a lot of uh, running about at the moment to try and make sure that all the finer details get, get ironed out. So tell people what they can expect. You have about 45 chefs coming over, but there's not going to be any cooking. It's a very different type of event. Yeah, all the chefs are, are going to give a talk, or present a talk for approximately 15 minutes over the two days and we have it, it's taking place in the Spiegel tent in, in Air Square um, and the people that come to the talks will, um, over the two days on the Monday and Tuesday, will also have um, a kind of producer's lunch on both days and then we have entertainment on uh, on both nights and that, but for me it's very much about the speakers and uh, the people that come to the conference uh, networking with each other and uh, I suppose trying to create a better, I suppose a better food culture in uh, in Ireland. It is an opportunity, as you say, for chefs to meet each other, to talk each other, to get out of the kitchen. And you have a theme, it's the future of food. Yeah, I wanted. I suppose I wanted us to start off, I and mean, we have a plan for next year and the year after, but I wanted to start off this year with um, 
the future of food because I think in many many um, progressive progressive chefs' minds that's what I suppose what we're all aiming to uh, whether it's using organic produce or using using something more sustainable or trying to work in a in a more ethical way. I think many many chefs are are working around the world and we're all doing the same thing and so it's nice to even though we're all involved in this kind of local food movement it's 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 good to try and bring it together on on, on a global scale and see everyone everyone doing the, doing a similar thing. So the format is there's hourly sessions and there's three or four chefs on the Yeah, three the or stage. four chefs at, um, uh, an hour and then we'll have some breaks and then we have lunch where we're kind of showcasing the West, uh, not only Galway but also food from the from down from the burn and um, uh, bits and pieces along the Wild Atlantic Way and that. So it's, um, I mean, that's also important for, for to showcase that to the speakers as well because we have 40 people coming over who... Uh, a lot of them have never been to Ireland before so it's really important to show them the, the kind of wealth of good produce that we have in the country Absolutely and they are coming from as far away as Australia Oh Australia, Singapore we've like Mark Best coming over from Australia Andre Chang who's one of the top five I think in Asia and um, he's never been to, to Ireland before so like I mean it's it's really important that we those put our best foot forward and, um, and really show them because I think our strongest asset is our produce and I think Many, many people um, around the world know that, and we've got like great butter and great beef and great, uh, like uh, great cheese and all of those things. Um, and so, it's really, really important that um, we highlight those things. Now, a number of our fantastic Irish chefs are, are going to be there over the two days. Tell us about them, because they're, they're yeah, not all Ross, based in Ireland. Yeah, Ross Lewis and Kevin Thornton, um, Wade Murphy from uh, from Adair, eighteen twenty six, and then. Uh, Jessica Murphy from uh, from Galway. All of them are going to are going to be speaking. So I wanted. I mean, initially the trust was to, was to bring as many international chefs, but I wanted to try and mix a number of Irish chefs into um, in, into the mix, and also some 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 up and coming young chefs like Mark Moriarty is another Irish chef taking part, who um, who won uh, the young chef in in Eurotox and in um, the San Pellegrino, the world um, world best uh, young chef. So so Mark is like he's. Very much at the, I suppose, the future of Irish food. Mark is going off doing seven pop-ups around the world now, in conjunction with Sam Pellegrino, who are also sponsors of the of the Food and Edge. So, it's um, so all those little kind of um, combinations are, are important. And I see that Mark's mentor from the Sam Pellegrino World Competition there, Claire Smith, who is from County Antrim, not a million miles from where I'm from, no, is yeah. actually going to be there as well. But she's based in England. Yeah, she's Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay's uh, she's a chef patron of of Gordon Ramsay's three star restaurant, and um, it's really it's really great to have someone like Claire uh, coming, I suppose, back to Ireland or over to Ireland, whatever way she sees herself. But I think someone like that, it's really important for Irish chefs to see, particularly the younger ones, to see how they can um, forge out a career for themselves. You know, so. I mean, Claire wasn't um, born with a silver spoon in her mouth or anything like that. She went over and it was just from hard work that she the, she ended up uh, running um, Gordon Ramsay's three-star restaurant and, and now she's the chef patron. So it is really that kind of motivation that I want to try and instill in, in our younger chefs, the, the ambitious ones, you know. And the gender balance is very much there, the mix between the female chefs and the male chefs. And yeah, from we, had, we had tried to get more female chefs, but unfortunately... There are less female chefs in the world, and also uh, they must be busier because there was a couple like Angela Hartnett and 
some other really good female chefs that I'd wanted to get. But hopefully, I mean, for uh, for next year, we will. I mean, it's always in the back of my mind. It's, it's important. I mean, when I think of it, I never really think of chefs as male or female. I just think of them as chefs and that. So, But it is, I suppose, in some people's eyes, it's, it's an important thing. In terms of the delegates that are coming to it, what will the profile be? You, uh, are you going to have lots of students, people who are chefs, working themselves, and then just general public? Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, uh, we're hoping about, about 60% chefs. And some of them, we have a student rate, um, which is like a 50 euro um, discount on the ticket price. So, the, so we're trying to encourage students to um, to go, because a lot of these events that take place around the world are, are very exclusive and that. Um, and I wanted to make sure that it was... Uh, that it was quite open. So, I mean, definitely chefs were working, um, students, restaurateurs, food industry professionals, but also general public, I think, hopefully. There's one-day tickets available as well, and I think anyone who, who's interested in food or, or, uh, or farming even, there's, there's a number of talks on, um, on, uh, on farming organic vegetables or, um, or beef and that. So that there is a, there's a lot there. I think it's just a nice, um, almost like a mini festival, I think, to even, I suppose, get a sense of where Irish food is at the moment. And the chefs will be so accessible as well, which, you know, it's great to go into a restaurant, into Chapter 1, and you get a lovely meal there. But the chances of actually getting to talk to Ross Lewis are very slim because he's so busy. Yeah, no, and and that's really important for me to have all the speakers available at the two nights entertainment. One of them is in the Roisin Dove and the other one's in, in Bike Club. But it's important that the mingle, that the delegates and speakers mingle. And I got, I got a sense of that when I was away at Cook It Raw and that there wasn't any, any division between um, like the, the younger chefs and the more established chefs or even some of the, I suppose, the VIPs and that. Everyone just mixed together. And I mean, that's how I met René Redzepi and I met Albert Adrian. All of these chefs that, that I met, I met them through uh, com- uh, conferences and symposiums like this where there were, where everyone was mixed up and it was just nice that you could have a drink with someone and have a chat to them about something. And I think you're a very good example of somebody that invests the time and the money in going and travelling and seeing these, and going to these conferences, seeing what's happening in different countries and meeting these other leading lights in the world of cuisine and a lot of chefs might not appreciate the importance of doing things like that. Yeah, I think it's, I try to go to one a year at least and I mean, it's it's not a, over the course of a year. It's not a massive investment. I always try and maybe pop over to Terroir that's on in, in Canada, and I think it's important because they have chefs all over the world, and you can you can see different trends and um, talk to people about yeah, new uh, new food styles or or, um, or drinks or anything like that. There's such a spread of different um, of different uh, ideas and talks, um, and I think it's really it's really it's really I suppose good to to get out of your area and, and, and go and check it out and then come back and you, and you come back with fresh ideas and I think it's, it, that's, it's very, very important. Yeah, and, and like a brilliant opportunity for the students that might be thinking, right, I want to work in this type of restaurant or I want to work in this particular country to actually meet fantastic chefs and open that door for them. No, I think so. And I think it's really, I mean, I think it's very, very important for chefs to, to spend a bit of time abroad um, I mean, whether it's six months or a year, but I mean, London is very close. But I do think it's very important for chefs to, I suppose, to try and, I suppose, put themselves a little bit out of their depth, whether they're going to London or they're going to France or Spain uh, for three, six months, nine months, and and to work um, at a high level, and then to bring some of that knowledge home. And, and I think uh, if you look at some of the chefs, like uh, our, our previous head chef, Vanier Olden Cook, um, Olden. 
taken over Ballina Hinch Castle now, but Olsen spent 10 years in London and, and now he's back and he's a Galway native. But it, uh, we, we need chefs of that calibre who, who, uh, who can go away and then bring back and then who can, re, who can educate um, and the next generation of chefs. Well, a fantastic symposium. Fair play to you, JP, for having the vision and the determination and for basically making it happen. I wish you all the best with it. And Thanks if people want to find out more, if they want to register, the web address is foodontheage.ie. Absolutely. Thanks. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break we heard all about Food in the Age from J.P. McMahon and that's on next Monday and Tuesday in Galway City. And earlier in the show, the ladies behind Well Nice Pops in County Limerick who are making a range of refreshingly delicious ice pops were in studio and I also had a chat with Nevin Maguire about the October issue of Easy Food magazine which is out now. You can listen to those interviews again when tonight's show in its entirety goes up in the Best Possible Taste podcast which is on soundcloud.com and they'll be posted there later in the week, all being well. Time now to head out and about to Dingle Food Festival, which I visited a couple of weeks ago. And when I was there, I got the chance to talk to Mark Murphy, who is co-chair of the festival committee. I also met up with Melanie Hardy of Hardy's Pepper Jellies, hot pepper jellies, in fact, who was selling her wares at the market. And I also talked to Artie Clifford, who was talking about the success of the Blossom Aaron Awards, which are the Irish Food Awards. So let's have a little listen to that. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Mark, another fantastic Dingle Food Festival. You must be delighted. Yeah, it's fantastic, Sharon. Our ninth year, just massive, massive crowds again. Way up again on last year. Um, the weather has been amazing and just such a massive range of food. But the visitors, everybody, just positive, so much feedback. Yeah, there's a great buzz about the town. Have you heard any feedback in terms of what the highlights have been for some of the public? Um, most people are just really talking about the, what's on the food trail. And this year we've re- made a big effort and so has all the, the everybody on the food trail to really change up what they're doing and maybe give a really good offering of local food and stuff. Um, that has been one of the highlights. Some of the demonstrations then have been fantastic. Rory O'Connell's uh, was absolutely packed. Mark Moriarty's. Some incredible workshops. But overall, the, po- the feedback is just so, so positive. And everyone already is talking about uh, next year, year 10. Um, so yeah, it's fantastic. Well, of course, year 10 would suggest that you're going to have to do something really exciting. Our plans afoot already. <laughs> yeah, usually we don't start planning until uh, sit down and plan until about March. But by the sounds of this year, we're going to be we have a review meeting next week, which is Thursday or straight after the festival, and then we will hope to be sitting down probably November because there's loads of things that we have ideas and stuff. But this year has been a massive, massive success, and we'd like to thank everybody that did come. Well, well done. It has been a fantastic couple of days and I look forward to next year. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks a million. Melanie, it's great to see you here in Dingle. You always go to the farmers markets at these events. You're very supportive of them. But I'm going to ask you, how did Hardy's Jellies start up? Well, originally I lived in the States for a long time and I've always been in the restaurant food business. And then I started at a farmers market over there because I love the interaction of people and food and all that. And a friend of mine actually asked me, would I make her grandmother's hot pepper jelly? Now, I made jams and jellies as regular as Irish style. And I said, oh, of course, I'll give it a try. And that's how it started. So she gave me the recipe for the hot pepper 
pepper jelly and in the States it's very much a hot pepper which is sweet pepper uh, and chili used or as they use a green pepper or jalapeno pepper and chili and it's very much a Christmas idea that they um, mould cream cheese into two balls pour the red one over one the green one over the other scoop it out with a cracker and very Christmassy so I said right we'll expand on that and make it for all year round because they don't have to be just for Christmas and then um, I did that for a few years there I then came home back to Ireland oh it's almost 20 years ago now and I started again but I only started in the last nine years at this stage before that I was in the restaurant trade and I couldn't do both so I started with my jalapeno and my hot pepper and worked it up started listening to customers looking for different ones so I started with four three hot and people said we can't have chili so I did one char grilled no heat at all in it and now I've expanded we have eight in the range at this stage so every year I kind of do something either a little bit spicy one year or more traditional so I have traditional for the people who don't like or can't have the chilies and then a little bit spicy and a little bit of a kick for those who want something a bit different it's funny you say there about the Irish saying no they can't have anything hot have you seen a difference in their palettes over the nine years oh I have when I started first mine were very very hot and I had to bring them down and then I was kind of at a medium level and you're neither here nor there with that so I said okay bring them low and then build it back up and I have um, even the people who started out uh, it was a very small percentage who wanted very hot and you can't make a business out of that but now the last one I made which is the apple with sage and chili has a bit more of a kick there's a few more in the kitchen we'll say in development for next year um, that would be hotter again people have changed they're not as afraid of it anymore they understand it more but I think that's through the huge variety that's being produced in Ireland and also people travelling and their, their palates are getting used to it and as you get used to it you want hotter so yeah I'm going that, down that road again but still staying traditional too and you have a very interesting marketing strategy in order to promote the seals that you would encourage people to use them in recipes yeah well what I do first of all the reason I go to a lot of the food festivals is I, I actually love like I said the interaction there um, it's fantastic feedback for me direct to me and most people are pretty honest which is great I don't mind constructive criticism because that helps too but it also means that um, I get I, I promote it through word of mouth and I show them I have a little book that gives suggestions I have a website that has loads lots more suggestions just quick ideas we're all very busy so you want something that will just give a little oomph to a sandwich or you know to a dish and with the jellies you can spread them onto something so it's very easy or you can pop them into a recipe just at the end because they're all natural so they'll melt into the sauce and give it that little bit of a kick as well Mark Doe from Just Cooking in Fireys and mm-hmm. County Kerry is a huge fan and he has a cookbook out and he has incorporated them into some of the recipes in it he has yes I um, I can some people think it's my recipe booklet a book at this stage because it's on my table no matter where I go and I travel the whole country. Um, he has, uh, what I like about his techniques is that they're very simple, they're easy to do, uh, there's nothing to be afraid of in them. I use his recipes, which I mean I find strange to say because I cook myself all the time. I have used his specifically and they do work and they're very quick. But he also, um, we've worked together and collaborated a few times on different recipes for other people and uh, he does. He has done the photography for me for my dishes. We have a gorgeous hake dish with the ginger jelly. Um, it's a combination of the two of us putting our heads together and then he does the photographs so it works 
Well, you said there about being to the farmers' markets and it's great to get the customer feedback, but for people that aren't so close to County Kerry, it is widely available in some of the super value stores. It is, yes. We've gotten, uh, since last summer, now, well, last Christmas, really, we've been uh, listed with Musgrave, so we're getting into the super values. We're not in all of them yet. It takes time, but we're into about 50 of them. So uh, we're also into Duns and, I mean, like I said, a lot of the independent shops as well. So it's growing. We're six, almost six years in business now. So it takes time, but slowly but surely I think is a better way to go so the best way for a shop or, or a super value or, or um, any independent um, near you is to look on our website because it ca- does keep changing so I add them on as soon as I get them um, but I can't remember all of them so the website is www.heartiesfoods.com Okay, now out of all the products which one is your favourite and which one is the best seller? Are they the same or <laughs> no. are they two different? <laughs> no, they're two different um, well I have two best sellers one is the charcoal pepper jelly, one of my Actually, both bestsellers are my originals. Um, the char grill, because it's a sweet roasted pepper, there's no chilli in there. Uh, it works with a lot of things. And then the other is the ginger hot pepper jelly. People are partial to ginger. It has a little bit of a kick to it. Again, suits all sorts from cheeses to hams to sauces. Uh, my personal favourite is the apple and sage with chilli. has a bit more of a kick. I actually make for myself much hotter um, because I prefer a lot of kick to it. And then I am after falling in love with our new one, which is a Cumberland sauce, a Cumberland jelly with port, I call it. It's a red currant and orange, a little bit of ginger in there and a little bit of cayenne. Very classic recipe, uh, but I just had on a ham and cheese sandwich but yesterday for lunch I'll tell you I could eat the whole jar myself and I make them I had, <laughs> I had a little taste of it there before we started interviewing and I have to say it is very nice I'll be picking oh, some you. of that up now Thanks. today definitely you obviously would advise anybody coming into to business into a food business to listen to the customers like that you've made that quite clear during our discussion now that that's important to you what other advice would you give to somebody that's out, just started selling at the markets and maybe wants to go a step further uh, keep it simple first of all have I think most importantly have some working capital it takes money it takes time you don't pay yourself at the start you have to be passionate about it but if you're going if you're at the market level and you want to move forward um, take it take it steady and don't I try to run before I could walk and I in hindsight now this is why I'm saying that uh, it comes but it takes time and just be out there talk to everybody ask people questions they're very willing to help people are fantastic really to a great extent um, and do listen to your customer because sometimes like I started with very hot ones I had to listen to them because I knew it wouldn't work my mint jelly uh, which was a finalist here came about because of the customers I thought that was very traditional why would I bother with it they kept asking me so I said there must be something in this so I didn't listen fast enough actually but I have learned and that's what you do but um, I think stick with it stick with it if you believe it yourself and you have a passion about it yourself it'll work it might take a little bit longer but sure good things always do well congratulations on your success thank you very much long may it last and enjoy the last of the days Ah, here at Dinglefoot this is great it's not raining the sun is shining two days in a row unheard of in Kerry but thank you very much Artie, a record-breaking number of entries in the Blossna area this year incredible incredible over two and a half thousand entries Uh, it was wonderful to see it great products but it makes our job even more difficult. Um, with the result of that, that we had to go from 95 categories to, I think, 107 now. Um, as you know, it's unfair. If you've got a large quantity of products, we say, for instance, in non-alcoholic drinks, we had fruit-based and vegetable-based, and it's unfair to judge veg against fruit, so we split the category again. 
So that was a lot of judging for you had a team of people here on Thursday that were spent the day tasting lots of delights. Yeah, well, we start judging in Cork. It takes us three weeks in Cork to take in the two and a half thousand. And then what we do is we break it down to roughly five finalists in each category. So on Thursday, we had about 450 or 500 products to be judged. Uh, we had judging sessions in the morning and the afternoon, and uh, we had 72 judges at that session. The logistics behind it, uh, we have to at lunchtime bring out the team behind the screen because we need a team nearly as many as we have judges to make it run smoothly, but it did. And I have to say, Northern Ireland did particularly well this year. Yeah, and it's wonderful to see that uh, because it is an All-Ireland competition, it's wonderful to see it's now gaining the recognition among the producers. And this year, I think they went away with a record number of goals for Northern Ireland. But Kerry took the crown. Ah, absolutely. And I mean, it's uh, we have no control over who will become Supreme Champion. It goes on the highest score in the competition. And uh, Quinlan's Fish uh, won uh, Supreme Champion. They also won gold for a crab meat and gold for their salmon. Uh, I was delighted because uh, Liam is a very forward-looking. He's recently opened another um, seafood restaurant in Princess Street in Cork, and he gets it. He understands it, you know. So I'm delighted, and it's increased employment. I think he announced another 70 jobs in the next year. So that's jobs for Kerry. Absolutely. Now. Were there any products that were the shining lights that people will obviously we have to tell them to look out for the Blossonair and label or the sticker on the products because then they'll know that those are the creme de la creme products. But was there anything in particular that really stood out for you this year? Um, I have to think about that one. Uh, anything that reaches the final is already a winner because category numbers are quite large. It's like the Grand National. If you uh, put an each way bet on a horse and you come in fifth, fifth the bookie will still pay you. So... To get to the finals, you're a winner anyway. Um, outstanding products. I suppose Supreme Champion is outstanding products, but there was a very interesting conversation with one of the judges on Thursday evening where he um, described the product and all its flavours to me. And I knew what the product was because the description he gave me is exactly what's written on the pack. It's a company called Corn Nude for a salted caramel uh, and pistachio popcorn new company who actually took away the AIB Startup uh, Award on Friday night and uh, you know what it means to the producer when they cry on your shoulder and receive award at the same time. Oh that's so nice listen it's been great to be here thanks so much for having me and I look forward to next year if you'll have me back again. Oh the invitation <laughs> is in the post. <laughs> thanks Artie yeah. Cheers. Chin chin Salut. Schleinte Time now to find out about some other events taking place in October from Sinead Hennessy of Fulcher, Ireland. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Sinead, how are you this evening? Good, thanks, Sharon. How are you? I'm great. And the first event that you wanted to highlight tonight is actually Food on the Edge. And we heard a bit about it. We heard quite a lot about it, in fact, from Che Behe McMahon earlier on in the show. That's right. Food on the Edge. It's it's on next weekend, on the 19th and 20th of October. Um, and I'm sure JP has told you every single element of it, but... It's something that I certainly wanted to include as a really, really important food event um, that is happening in October. You know, it's over two days. There's going to be 40 international and Irish chefs talking, conversing about the future of food. Um, It's a stunning lineup. Um, There's the internationals, Tom Akins, Albert Adria. There's loads coming over from the US. And of course, we have our Irish guys, Wade Murphy and 
Ross Lewis and Mark Moriarty speaking at it as well. It's a very, very high profile event um, and really, really good for Ireland. It's the first time that this is this has been this type of event has happened in Ireland or the UK, um, as a matter of fact. So that's happening on the 19th and 20th of October. So that's next Monday and Tuesday. So it makes a change that it's not actually a weekend event. That's it. That's it. Um, and you know they were they were clever and right to to put it on the Monday and Tuesday. Um, just you know it's it's on in the city centre in Galway. Um, so it'll be logistically it'll be a little bit easier to get to in and out of. But it's certainly a jam packed event in itself. So there's loads going on for it. Okay, it's so worth, it's worth a day off actually. Okay, well that's Galway, and then the next event is starting. It's actually in Dublin, Taste Fusion Dublin. Tell us a bit about it. That's right. Well, this is a brand new one. Um, it's happening from the 22nd to the 25th of October. It's Taste City Fusion, um, and it's going to it's brought to us from the team behind Taste of Dublin, um, and it's going to be this, the festival's hub is going to be Christchurch Cathedral in Dublin which is an absolutely beautiful building. Um, even without food, it's beautiful. Um, and anybody going to it can enjoy bespoke dining experiences. There's going to be master classes, workshops. Uh, street food fair is going to be there. I think they have more than 50 food and drink experiences. And, of course, all dedicated to celebrating Dublin's contemporary and world-class food scene. Um, a lot of the culinary greats are going to be there again. Um, Kevin Thornton... Paul Kelly, Gavin McDonough, and actually um, a lovely element of this festival, Mark Moriarty is going to be um, down there, and he's going to be doing a medieval banquet, um, which is which is a, going to be a four-course menu, and it's going to be combining fine dining with peasant chic. Um, so very, very kind of um, you know, very, very kind of nouvelle cuisine down there with Mark Moriarty and that would certainly be something to take in for for this festival it's going to be great and Mark is the best young chef in the world just in case some of the listeners aren't familiar with who he is that's right he won uh, earlier this year he won um, the San Pellegrino world best chef in the young chef category um, he's um, uh, uh, an Irish guy very young um, and really really fantastic at, at what he does and portrays our Irish food in, in an amazing way so definitely something to be to, to take in as part of any festival and Mark is also going to be at Saver Kilkenny which is on the same weekend lots happening the October bank holiday weekend it has to be said there is there is there's, there's a couple of really really good events on in the same weekend um, Sharon so it'll be there'll be a bit of a bit of decisions to be made as to which ones to take in. But yeah, Saver Kilkenny, um, the, the Festival of Food is going to be happening from the 23rd to the 26th of October. Um, of course, set against the backdrop of the beautiful medieval city of Kilkenny. Um, you know, it's going to be bringing together loads of top quality food producers as well as well-known talented chefs. Nevin McGuire is going to be down there doing loads. Um, the Happy Pair is going to be there. As you said, Mark Moriarty is going to be there. Um, over the course of the four days, there's going to be an extensive selection of both free and ticketed events, um, including food markets. There's a lovely, a, a lovely course of events happening up with the, the Pop-Up School of Food. Um, there's going to be craft beer and artisan pairings and children's cookery workshops and loads, loads more going on with that one. 
so a, a lovely one to take in as well. And I must give a shout out to Fiona Uema, who has recently launched her first book. It's a Japanese cookbook and she has something happening at Saver Kilkenny as well. I have uh, the programme just in front of me, um, Sharon, and it's quite extensive. There is loads going on. You wouldn't have a minute to spare in Kilkenny if you went to it. Yeah, it's, it's always a good one to go to as well. Mm. Yeah. And on the other side of the country then in County Clare, we have the Burren Food Fair. That's right. Um, that's happening from the 24th to the 25th um, of October. Um, and this is a, a, a very special one from, from, from my point of view. It's a, it's a lovely, lovely two-day festival. Um, the, 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 the most special element for me is the, the starting of the festival, um, where in the, in the morning of the, the 24th, you can take part in a cattle droving from Fenor to the winterage above the burn before you head down to Listoon Varna um, for the, the, the actual food fair which starts at 12.30. But the cattle drove is, is really, really um, a lovely way for a place to showcase what is inherently unique um, to them and, and their food um, element. And it's a really, really lovely, lovely part of, of the Burn Food Fair. Um, there's nowhere else in Ireland that can 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 have something like this as part of their food festival because they don't have the, the I suppose the, 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 the rock climate and that kind of thing so it really is special And there's some fantastic producers in that neck of the woods There is, there is there's loads of food producers in the burn and they're, they're really, really good I mean for for the, the on the first day, you Brigitte Curran from the Burns Smokehouse is going to be doing smoking fish at home. You're going to have like then on the second day, Una Dwyer of the Wild Kitchen is going to be doing a foraging walk. You know, there's loads going on and 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 fantastic producers all in the same place as well. And the Burn has recently um, won um, the European Destination of Excellence Award. Um, in gastronomy, um, which 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 means it is flying high in the area of of food and what it is doing around food. So they have a lovely network down there, fantastic producers, and you know a lovely appreciation for food. So a really really good festival to take in. Okay, well those sound like four great events for the month of October. Unfortunately all clashing, but sure, what can you do? That's just the nature of it, or three of them are clashing anyway. And if people want to get more details about them, they can go to discoverireland.ie forward slash food. That's right. Sinead, great to talk to you as always, and we will hopefully catch up again in November. You might have a few secret nuggets for us then. Yeah, I will do. Thanks, Sharon. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Lovely to talk to Sinead Hennessy and if you have an event coming up please let me know by dropping me an email s.noonan at live.ie and I'll be sure to give it a shout out here on the best possible taste. So that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Thanks for joining me and thanks to all of tonight's guests. Bajan Treen from Well Nice Pops, Nevin Maguire, JP McMahon, RD Clifford, Melanie Hardy, Mark Murphy and Sinead Hennessy. Until next week when our resident wine guru, Ron Forrestal, is due back in studio. Bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. 
Bon Appetit. 